Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 18th, 2020. Um, it's a pretty crazy day already, isn't it, guys? I mean, closing the border with Canada. So now we're completely on lockdown as a nation, and it's only Wednesday. And that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Because we knew that this was coming. We knew that closing the borders was the way to go. It was the way to go in order to stop well, what are we really stopping? See, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that are going on out there. Like, what is really going on? The one thing we do know is that our nation, for some reason, has a lot of money where they're going to be sending us checks. Um, it would be fun to see if the people that said that he's not their president don't get a check. Um <laughs> That was actually funny. I enjoyed watching those tweets. But there is so much going around that people are so confused as to what's going on. And that is important. We need confusion. We need disinformation. Because if people actually knew what exactly was going on, you know, they'd be questioning everything. I mean, we should be questioning everything, but it's really hard to fathom some things. So, um, thank you, Chris, for sending me the event 201. There's a lot of people out there that don't know what that is. And that was a pandemic exercise that John Hopkins University, uh, in coordination with the World Economic Forum, and of course, Bill Gates Foundation put together. And I'm going to play a little bit for you where they talk about the coronavirus, but using a pig. And that would kind of mean that the coronavirus may indeed have used porcine cells as vectors. Um, so one thing people don't seem to understand is, and for those of you that are on the Facebook page, you can see me. I don't know if you'll be able to hear the audio because I haven't connected it. So when I say this is bootleg, it's super bootleg. So, you know, if you want to just see me in my little area here, um, and listen to me through TalkStream Live or, you know, just tell your smart app, you know, play Red State Talk Radio. Um, you can. But I want you guys to see this cup of coffee, okay? So the vector for my coffee is this mug. Now, I speak uh, as a molecular biologist. That is actually um, the only uh, – obviously, it was supposed to be all the way up to PhD, not finished yet um, – expertise I do have. And I actually have learned from one of the best uh, scientists, doctors in the world on how to strip DNA from the inside. But this never changes. It's always going to be a cup and it's going to be a nice TARDIS cup. So this is the vector for my coffee. So when you provide vaccinations, you need a vector. You can't just inject someone with like a virus. You know, it's not here. Take it. You have to put it in something because they tell you they culture it. It's dead. It's going to train. It's very, very little or whatever. Well, what happens is, is the DNA of the cup or the vector actually interacts with whatever is in there. So one thing people don't understand is if you open up any molecular biology textbook, you'll clearly see that it clearly states that your DNA is changed when you're introduced with foreign DNA. But, you know, for some reason, people think that we can inoculate against viruses, even though they, the virus I have and the 
COVID-19 coronavirus that I may have, when you get it, it's going to be the coronavirus I got from Joe Schmo changed with my DNA going to you. And then when you give it, it's going to be completely different. That's how virology works. That is how viruses move. Just so you understand. So when I see people talking about, we're going to get a vaccine, it's like, oh my God, you're asking to die uh, because it's not going to affect you. And we'll get into that. But before we do, I'm going to play this little clip uh, from, you know, the event 201 pandemic exercise highlights reel. And this was from November, 2019. Take a listen. If you can, I'll try to be, I'll bring my headphones to the It began in healthy-looking pigs, months, perhaps years ago. A new coronavirus spread silently within herds. Gradually, farmers started getting sick. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. The sickest required intensive care. Many died. Experts agree unless it is quickly controlled, it could lead to a severe pandemic, an outbreak that circles the globe and affects people everywhere. The mission of the Pandemic Emergency Board is to provide recommendations to deal with the major global challenges arising in response to an unfolding pandemic. The board is comprised of highly experienced leaders from business, public health, and civil society. We could be looking at double the number of cases in one week and 16 times as many in a month if we are not able to stop the spread. That would be on the order of half a million cases and it would continue to rise exponentially. Okay, so I'm stopping that video because we don't need to need we don't need to see how they started the disease to spread from I don't know Brazil like they said to the rest of the world. Um, because we all know how viruses happen, we all know how we get sick. I mean, we always, right, focus together up How's this? Those of you that have kids, how many of you have attended chickenpox parties or measles parties, whereas now people are terrified of the measles? We do that because as we get together, we all get exposed to whatever it is and we get sick and then it goes. Viruses. Viruses are completely different. Viruses are not bacteriums, right? They're not. They're not organisms that you can target. They're actually uh, you know, they mutate all the time. And one thing that you will see that is consistent, at least in the news cycle, is that, you know, which is actually a fact, is that viruses mutate exponentially. Like I said, if I'm sick with COVID-19 and you're next to me, you're going to get COVID-19 with a little bit of Tory on the side. And then when you get your COVID-19 with a little bit of Tory on the side, you're going to give it to the next person with a little bit of Tory on the side, with a little bit of you on the side and whoever had it before you, because that is how viruses are. They're, they're parasites and they rely on the host. They use the host's DNA. They use the host's ability to transcribe and create prions with their, which are baby, um, viruses to infect others. So this is how 
viruses spread. Okay. And this is how they go. So the question that everyone should have on their mind is, so why are we being vaccinated against viruses? And what are the vectors? Like I said, like the cup that I have for the vector of my coffee, that's so good in here. Um, what are we using? And one thing you can look at is this stimulus, right? This stimulus that is being put in to help fund and help businesses and da da da. Right. What do we see that Nancy Pelosi snuck in Planned Parenthood? Like, hold on a second. Is the virus not killing enough people that we need to fund Planned Parenthood so we can kill more babies? Or is it because it's imperative because, you know, we kind of learned our lesson, you know, using, um, you know, we w- remember how everyone I know there's a lot of you out there that remember this, but they used to say that viruses were um, well, vaccines for the flu were in egg. Do you remember that? Or all the vaccines you got were using chicken eggs. Everyone always heard that, but didn't really understand that. So basically, oh, avian cells. So when we started to get savvy with viruses, man, this stool, when we started to get savvy with viruses, right, and started to design them to do the things we wanted to, and you're going to be like, Tori, what is it that we wanted them to do? Well, we'll get to that later. Um, We started using avian cells, but then gosh darn it, we got that avian flu because it all comes down to this, the vector. Um, I went over this over my uh, cloning uh, subscribe star show where I explained to you how I learned from one of the best. I simply adore Dr. Zavos. Uh, uh, Aside from him being highly controversial because he clones human beings, what he taught me was to understand exactly how replication happens in a cell. And it was the most incredible experience I had where I would literally take a cell and strip it of its DNA that's inside, so the coffee. But there's always a little bit of DNA here. So even though we put human, supposed DNA in a bovine cell, a a cow cell, you would get a hybrid, not, you know, just human. You can't just have the vector. So think, if you have retroviral remnants that are coming into you with an avion cell, you are also transcribing onto your DNA, which is the hardcore software of you. You are transcribing avion DNA information. I'm just making that clear to you. So for all of you out there that think it's a conspiracy theory that we're using baby cells and dead babies and human cells to cultivate viruses, you're 100% wrong because we found that if we use porcine cells then those cells can give us the piggy flu we saw how that worked out with the h1n1 and how people who were vaccinated were more prone and now we're seeing that even though we have a lot of covid19 what are we seeing outbreaks of influenza a and influenza b which were you know flus of the past so you have to think how is it that covid19 is triggering these flus huh Very interesting. So right now we have tons of conspiracy theories going on. Nobody has any information, but the only thing we know is just stay indoors and just ride the wave. Meanwhile, the markets tumble, right? Uh, People aren't working. Uh, You can't get deliveries. I mean, today is Wednesday. And if you want food delivered by Instacart or Whole Foods, you know, through Amazon or, you know, Walmart or whatever, you're going to have to order today to get your stuff next week. So they don't even have enough delivery people 
And, um, you know, a lot of people are signing up to be DoorDash drivers now, right? But that's, that's all this turmoil of uncertainty of, can I get food? Can I have water? Will I have a job? Um, you know, is my bank account in the red? Dude, all of us are feeling it. I get it. But we have to sit back and think, gosh, darn it. Just a few months ago, they did a coronavirus epidemic. Now we had COVID-19 or, or, you know, the Kung flu, right? People get offended with that stuff. But what is the whole point of this, right? What is the point of having this? Obviously, you know, the deep state, the cabal, the globalists are not dumb enough to release something that's going to get them hurt, right? But, you know, if I was someone that was looking to eliminate a lot of people and had a lot of sealed indictments, I would probably use that as a cloak to design it. Because one thing about coronaviruses, they come in many, many forms. And, you know, coronavirus is kind of like ice cream base, right? It's a virus that you can design and have different epitopes, different things that it can do. So kind of like ice cream base, you have your sweet cream and you add strawberries, chocolate to make whatever flavor you want. That's how the coronavirus is. The coronavirus can be designed, okay, because it has a corona template, uh, which is um, has high efficacy for different receptors, different uh, genetic makeups, because that's how targeted it can be as a vector virus. And I'm saying that really carefully. See, and for all of you out there that are thinking, gosh, darn it, you know, my doctor went to school. He should know this, right? Why is he giving me vaccines when he knows they don't work? Well, not all doctors actually go through molecular and cellular biology. They just know the basics of vaccines for things like, um, smallpox or chickenpox, you know, where you're targeting, you know, specific organisms and you're training your immune system, right? Or like tetanus, right? You target that bacterium that causes it. But viruses, you can't really target. And that's what blew my mind with the HPV vaccine that everyone was getting. I'm like, what are you crazy? It's not like getting a vaccine against a virus that you may or may not have will stop it from happening because if you have intercourse with someone, that has HPV, your HPV is going to be different than the other person's and the other person's and the other person. So it's like, what is going on here, right? So you have to kind of, you know, take everything with a grain of salt when you're seeing the news. All you have to do is rely on the president. And I, and I told you guys two weeks ago, and I told you guys last week, and on my birthday, I told you we're going to shut this down. No borders anywhere. Nobody's going out or in. So private jets can't even fly out. They're stuck. And you have to wonder, why can't they leave? I mean, if I want to take a risk and just leave, I should be able to leave. And obviously, if, for example, you know, my mother is ill, if I decided that I need to fly out to go see my mother, they wouldn't say, oh, you're in quarantine, you can't go. They'd let me go. Unless it's for my safety. Unless, you know, my name is, I don't know, Oprah, you know, and I'm like, nope, you're not leaving the country. Unless my name is Barack Hussein Obama and I'm not allowed back into the country. I'm just saying, just hypothetically speaking. So what are we seeing? We see a lot of news out there. We're seeing Facebook crack down on legitimate news, right? Facebook has gone so insane, right? They have gone insane. They are like even New York Times articles aren't allowed to be shared on Facebook in regards to coronavirus. Um, 
So that was really bizarre for me. Uh, why aren't we allowed to share what you think is real news, right? The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, right? Waypo, not allowed. Oh, and by the way, those are the three journalists that China kicked out. They kicked out the failing New York Times, you know, Wall Street Journal, and so on, and Weipo from China, not allowed to be there as journalists. So you have to think, wow, they're being targeted. Oh, fun fact, just so you know, if you go to the failing New York Times page on Facebook, you can go to suggested edits, and instead of it saying the New York Times, you could put failing New York Times and suggest it as an edit. I think if a lot of us do it, maybe it might pass. Uh, but... What we're seeing is a lot of misinformation, and now we have something called an infodemic. Where do we get our information? How do we get our information? Can we trust the CDC? Can we trust Washington Post? Can we trust, trust, trust? That's a problem because we don't know who we can trust to get information. So you know what? You got to trust your gut. You have to trust what God gave you, and that's your instinct. So what you need to do is just be open to listening to information. And if it smells, walks, and quacks, it probably is. So <laughs> that's how you see it. But above all, just listen to your president. He told us a few times during his speech, if you're not sick, don't get tested. Said that clear. He couldn't stress that even more. So these are things we need to listen to. Now, another thing that I'm going to bring to your attention that I brought to other people's attention, and we've all been discussing this with attention, is that since Friday when he called the national emergency, guess what? There's not been a presidential seal on his podium, which is bizarre, right? How is that possible? Whenever the president or the press secretary actually speaks, um, there is a presidential seal. But for some reason, even today, no presidential seal. It just says the White House. What does that tell you? See, this is how conditioned we are to not pay attention to little, little things that are very important. Mm -hmm. If you notice, on Friday, when our president announced the national emergency, he was wearing a hat. Who wears a hat? The commander in chief. And you're going to say, but Tory, the commander in chief is the president. Of the United States. Yes, he is. Just like I'm also a radio show host, a linguist, and I do research, I write articles, I have a lot of hats. But when I'm in full force and focused wearing one hat, that's what I am. So here we have President Trump, commander in chief, no presidential seal on the podium because he is not acting as a president, he's acting as a commander. You have to pay attention. So when people say, oh, we're not under martial law, right? So curfew's not martial law. Oops, right? So telling you that you can't leave where you're, you know, out of the country, not martial law. Oops. Soon we're going to have the interstate movement. Oops. And then we're going to have 150,000 indictments pop. Oops. Just saying. That's how it's all going to come out. And we're seeing it come out. I mean, Oprah Winfrey went on a rant, didn't she? About, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't get arrested. We'll get into that later. But for now, what I want you guys to understand is that we need to be paying attention to the details and what our president is telling us. Listening to him, following his orders. If he says panic, then you panic. If he tells you, come on, man, relax. You're going to get your water. You're going to get your food. Stop hoarding stuff. Don't be so greedy. Because, you know, people are horrible when it comes to um, <sighs> panic. And not only that, we're seeing the really ugly side of um, our celebrities, right, coming out 
mocking uh, Melania Trump, mocking our president. You have to think it's like they almost blame them for coronavirus. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, did they bring the coronavirus or are they just more susceptible to it and they're freaking out? Because they're all starting to look like the age. I saw Ellen DeGeneres today and she looked pretty old. It's uh, Maybe she's not getting her fruit deliveries. Who knows? But these are the things that we need to pay attention to, what other people are saying and what our president is saying. More importantly, how do you like the fact that CNN, Joe Schmo, you know, where we still don't know what happened to Lori Klesudis, right? And crazy Mika and all these clowns are now saying, oh, the president has done such an extraordinary job. He's doing great. And it's like, wait a minute. Wasn't it like 48 hours ago that we had Don Lemon foaming at the mouth that someone didn't trash the president good enough that he needed more trashing? But suddenly everyone's all over. What a great job he's doing. Now, uh, obviously, I'm going to start to play uh, the announcement from our president, who has been keeping us informed, by the way, every day. And I'll get to the question that I see on Facebook about Dr. Fauci. We'll get to that. Um, But I want us to listen to the president right now on what he has to say. I'll take off my um, headphones because it's kind of bootleg, right? Because I didn't rig it up right. Um, And put it close to uh, the streaming device so you guys can listen um, to what he says as well. If you're not listening to Red State Talk Radio um, through another device. But it's important for us to just listen to what he has to tell us, how he's telling us we should progress and what we should be doing because he is ultimately in charge. He is the commander in chief. And again, no presidential seal speaking from a point of military control. So um, I'm going to start playing that right now. Thank you very much. I would like to begin by announcing some important developments in our war against the Chinese virus. We'll be invoking the Defense Production Act just in case we need it. In other words, I think you all know what it is, and it can do a lot of good things if we need it. And we will uh, we will have it uh, all uh, completed, signing it in just a little while. Right after I'm finished with this conference, I'll be signing it. It's prepared to go. So we will be invoking the Defense Production Act. Last week, I signed an emergency declaration under the Stafford Act, which, as you know, we invoked previously, and which activated FEMA's National Response Coordination Center. FEMA now is fully engaged at the highest levels. Today, FEMA is activated in every region. We are at level one, level one being the highest level, which we will uh, work with, and we've been working with FEMA. I've done a lot of work with FEMA. They're incredible. Uh, It's always been on hurricanes or tornadoes. They're right now in Tennessee. A large group working in Tennessee have have been incredible. It was a tragic event. Uh, Alabama last year, also a tornado, and then obviously the the numerous hurricanes in different locations that were, uh, in some cases, very devastating. And in every case, FEMA came through. Uh, This is a very different kind of a work for FEMA, but uh, they will come through, as they always do. We have tremendous people, tremendous talent in FEMA. We're sending, uh, upon request, the two hospital ships. They're being prepared right now. They're massive ships. 
They're the big white chips with the Red Cross on the sides. One is called the Mercy and the other is called the Comfort. And uh, uh, they are uh, in tip-top shape. They soon will be. They're getting ready to come up to New York. I spoke with Governor Cuomo about it. He's excited about it. And I also, uh, we haven't made the final determination as to where it's going to go on the West Coast. The Comfort is uh, located now uh, in San Diego. And it's going to be, uh, we'll be picking the destination fairly shortly. So uh, those two ships are being prepared to go, and they can be launched over the next week or so, depending on need. Uh, earlier this week, the first clinical trial of the vaccine candidate for the virus began in Washington State, as you probably know. The genetic sequence of the virus was first published in January. But thanks to the unprecedented partnership between the FDA, NIH, and the private sector, we've reached human trials for the vaccine uh, just eight weeks later. That's a record by many, many months. It used to take years to do this, and, and now we did it just in a very short while. That's the. All right, guys. Sorry, I had to turn off the um, uh, microphone. So I wanted to pause it because we're getting into commercials. But, uh, you know, he said that it took really quick because they released the profile of the vaccine. Makes you wonder why it's so quick and uh, so hard and fast. Maybe they had it already or maybe um, Dr. Fochi, right, uh, who has worked on Ebola and Zika, knows more uh, because it's really important to have people that have worked with these globalists before uh, when they are targeting pandemics. So I'll see you guys all in a bit just after this short break. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So for those of you that don't know, I kind of impromptu am doing a bootleg thing on Facebook. I know a lot of my followers are usually on Twitter. I tried the whole Periscope thing, but it was a little bit awkward. So I thought I was going to do it through Twitter, but it's not working out for me. I'll figure it out. Um, I know someone who knows someone, and they're really good with cameras. Uh, <laughs> Really good with cameras, really good with software, really good with coding. Anyway, uh, while we were, you know, talking viruses, um, the expected happened, which is Bernie Sanders pulled out. Wonder what kind of house they gave him, right? So now we have deep fake Biden um, out on our screens um, <laughs> who had one of the most awkward videos. He was like so stiff and robotic. It was almost you it had to be a deep fake and even though it was under eight minutes which we know is his point mark right of forgetting where he is what he's running for what his name is you know if he ate you know who his sister is and who his wife is um it still looked robotic and deep fake is coming in hard and fast um but so bernie's out bernie bros are gone so i guess with President Trump giving $1,000 to people that want to get paid for doing absolutely nothing, maybe those are votes that are going to come his way. Now, 
I want to continue on what the president is talking about here. Um, you know, I'll actually lay my headphones like right there. So hopefully you can hear it. For those of you that are not listening to me on your radio station or live, um, you know, streaming it through Red State Talk Radio. Like if you have a Google device or Alexa, you could just say, hey, play Red State Talk Radio. And I should be right there. But I don't know if the delay in timing with face and sound, that would drive me insane. So I just want us to listen to what the president has to say here before we continue. Okay, so let's do that. The fastest development in history of what we're doing with regard to the vaccine. We're making very, very big progress. Today, I can announce further steps to expand testing capacity. We're working with several groups to determine if the self-swab, a much easier process than the current process that's uh, not very uh, nice to do, I can tell you, because I did it. Uh, but uh, we have a current process that's a little bit difficult. If you have it done, uh, the uh, the groups are working on determining if a self-swab by an individual is as effective as the other. The other is very effective, very accurate. Uh, but uh, we're going to see if we can do a self-swab, which is uh, would be a lot more popular, I can tell you that. So, uh, and that would be administered also by a health official, but it would be a lot easier to do. The, uh, the uh, fact is that the health professionals would, it would free it would free up a lot. Let me just say, the self-swab is what it is. It's a self-swab. You do it yourself. The other has to be issued by a, a health professional. And it's something that uh, is, is quite difficult. And we think it's working out for the self-swab. And uh, if it would test positive, the people would go and uh, they would do what they have to do. But we think that's probably working out. I've asked the FDA to cut through the red tape and reduce regulatory barriers. Uh, we are looking at some very exciting things, and I'm going to be holding a second news conference either today. We're going to talk about the FDA. Uh, some things are happening that are quite exciting, and uh, we're going to be doing that either later today or tomorrow, fairly early tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, the FDA, my instructions, is I've been working very, very hard on a number of developments, and we'll be discussing them with you later today or tomorrow. And this afternoon, I'll be meeting with nurses on the front lines of the battle against the virus. They're truly American heroes. They want to get it done. They, they're incredible people. So we're going to be meeting with nurses. And uh, I actually look forward to that. They're very brave. They're taking a lot of risk, and they, uh, they have done an incredible job, and they never complain. Today, I'm also announcing that the Department of Housing and Urban Development is providing immediate relief to renters and homeowners by suspending all foreclosures and evictions until the end of April. So we're working very closely with Dr. Wow, right? So, okay. So now what does that tell you? If we are stopping um, people from getting evicted and paying rent, right? Um, what does that tell you if it's all the way up to the end of April? Obviously, you would say, well, if this ends, you know, by the end of March, then people need about a month to get better. But that's not it. This this is something that has been released into the ether that I believe is highly designer 
right? And I believe that the people that released it believe that they're immune. I mean, wait, wait a minute. Bill Gates stepped down, but where'd he go? Huh? He dropped some serious coin in Africa where we see that Dak Dorsey's at. Remember how I told you guys that 2020 is the year that's going to lead us up to Africa, right? I told you that last year. And the year before that, I told you AI because this is exactly it. We have to remember where's the last time, when is the last time you have seen uh, your leaders decide that they are going to uh, lock down? That was 9-11. And if you remember correctly, during 9-11, what did you, you yourself, lose aside from maybe a loved one and your sanity and, you know, hours, you know, like this, you know, on the couch, dribbling with popcorn on the floor, watching the news coverage, thinking a plane's going to fall out of the sky. What did, else did you lose besides your mind or a loved one? You lost your right to privacy. And you voluntarily forfeit that right. Now, I've been talking about how Obamacare is an atrocity. I've told you how I worked on a small portion of it. What you don't seem to understand is this coronavirus outbreak, you being swabbed, is not just checking for the virus. Hmm? It's profiling you to see why you got the virus or why you got sick and felt that you needed to be tested. And why others didn't. Comparing your genetics. Giving them information. Kind of like how you're telling Facebook what kind of ads to pop up onto your feed. When you're talking with your friend or when you're searching for stuff. And he knows exactly what to give you. You could tell your face, oh, my, my eyes feel puffy, you know, on a call. And boom, when you're there, it's like tons of stuff saying, oh, look, puffy eyes. We can fix this. You're feeding information. You're training the algorithms. What is an algorithm? A mathematical equation that gives the result that you have a target for. You find a target and then you create an equation to get to that target. Okay. That's, that's basically what an algorithm is. It's solving a problem to get you from one place to another. So what you have to think about is, hold on a second. Hold on. So what you're telling me, Tori, is that I'm giving it information. Well, who tells you that right now, while you're in pure panic and you may have the sniffles because everyone's telling you all these things or whatever, that you go run and you go get tested and you're negative, who says that your DNA has not been inserted into a database training for the next designer coronavirus? Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you're giving it to them. You are giving them exactly what you want, what they want, sorry, and that's information. Information that, you know, <laughs> you may not want them to have. Because supercomputers can condense information and then do predictions, right? Predictions of how it evolved, just like this event 201, which was all about what? Let's see how this is going to evolve. This is what they're talking about. Their highlights are how the, how the disease is going to spread, who's going to do it. And right now, everyone's at home and Google is collecting your data of where you're going while you're in panic. Who do you go to? Where do you go to? 
What are you doing? Amazon is collecting information. What are you stocking up on? What are you purchasing? Your rewards card while you're at the supermarket. What are you getting? Your, uh, you know, Costco card, your Sam's Club card. All of those things are giving them information of what are you doing? And this is all being feed, fed into a computer that is parsing information. So then when they want to come at you, they know exactly how to do it. They might know, for example, that if they want to piss me off, I'm just saying, that they could make sure that I have no coffee in the morning. So what they'll do is, if we know Tori hasn't ordered coffee and she usually orders coffee every week according to you know her credit card statement, according to her orders on Amazon, according to whatever, you know, over a period of time, we know that when she's out of coffee, she's most vulnerable. So if we want her to do this, we'll wait until she's out of coffee because then she'll do anything to have the coffee. Then maybe we can get her to start drinking matcha lattes. I'm just saying whatever it is they want to do, they find you at your weakest point. And this is what data does. Say, for example, they want you to not walk on the left side of the street, but to walk on the right side of the street, right? So they monitor you. They look at what you search for, what you like, the pictures you look, who you're friends with, what you follow, what you read, what you watch, right? All this. And on top of that, they have your health information from your hospital visits, thanks to Obamacare. And now with coronavirus, you know, voluntary information that you might answer questions. I'm feeling like this, you know, and it's collecting all that data, right? And also all your dark accounts where, you know, you're talking to your side piece or whatever it is, or your friend. And then you have your dark meme, you know, section or you're following the Telegram account. I'm going to hell for this. Right. All of that they take and they're like, all right, how do we get this guy to stop walking on the left side? And we want him to walk on the right side. What makes this guy tick? So one day they'll have chickens in front of you and it's like, oh, nice chickens. No big deal. But then they find out you can't stand gum on the floor and they'll just riddle it with gum and they you and they marshal you into you thinking you swapped walking on the right side when they knew exactly what kind of nudge to do. Now I'm giving you a really radical example for one person, but think if you have everybody's information like that, can you marshal them M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L into a pen like Marco Rubio said? Can you marshal people when you have all this data? I'm just saying, yes, you can. And this is how evolutionary dynamics works in um, when applied to societal norms and responses of people within an organized society. So if you think this is far-fetched, you have no idea what technology we have and what we are capable of, what we are capable of, which is incredible. We are so capable of so much. Now, Kansas has uh, was um, said to be the first state to close schools for the rest of the year. So far, 50 states all have, you know, people that are infected. There's 6,000, um, about 6,500 cases of coronavirus, 114 deaths, of which half of those are in Washington. I want us to just listen to the first few minutes of uh, Fox News this morning where they kind of do a nice little recap, very nicely put, but they throw in some gems that we're going to parse together. 
to shut down schools for the remainder of the school year. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence giving an update on the federal response. He says testing is being ramped up exponentially this week while urging Americans to continue to put their health and safety first. All of our experts tell us, and they advise the president as he in endorsed these guidelines to avoid social gatherings of more than 10 people, uh, to, uh, if you're sick, stay home. We need every American, every American business uh, to step forward and recognize that if we act now, if we act now, we can limit the spread of the coronavirus significantly. Fox team coverage, Jillian Turner standing by at the White House for us this morning. Dr. Siegel here in New York. But we begin with Steve Harrigan. He is at the CDC this morning reporting live from Atlanta. Hey, Steve. Sandra, the U.S. reaching some unfortunate milestones go. in the past 24 hours. More than 100 U.S. citizens dead as the virus has spread to now all 50 states. There have been 800 new diagnoses on Monday and on Tuesday. The U.S. considering a $1 trillion aid package following similar moves by Germany, $600 billion, and the U.K., $420 billion. In the meantime, across the country, businesses continue to feel the hurt from this virus. Marriott furloughing thousands of its workers. United Airlines announcing cuts in flights of 60 percent. Transportation hit especially hard. New York City public transportation because of a lack of riders, saying they're going to need a $4 billion bailout from the government. Chicago's Midway Airport temporarily shut down due to the virus infecting several members of its air traffic control staff. Schools in 38 states shut down affecting more than 30 million students and really a sense of growing fear among many Americans as to where their next paycheck could be coming from. So what they're saying is that all these people are devastated economically. We're trying to get a massive stimulus. And I know a lot of people are like, I look like, uh, okay, I, I, this is the second one, but Terry sent me a tweet saying that, you know, the, the audio and the video don't match up. He's listening to me on the radio and watching me. So I'm like, uh, you know, headroom. <laughs> but um, I want you guys to understand that this is indeed, as Michael said on Facebook, a violation of our First Amendment right, which is the right to assemble. Actually, I think yesterday, hold on, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, wait, shoot, start again. Two, 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 okay, no. We needed three more people to violate the law. But regardless, what do you mean by assemble? Like, are, don't they have at least like 10 people in Walmart when you go shopping? So are they breaking the law and assembling? The thing that we need to look at is, yes, they are violating our God-given right, First Amendment right, the right to assemble. But we have to remember that this order was not given from the president of the United States, but the commander in chief of the military. If you can't see that we are under quasi military law, martial law, then you're not paying attention because never ever in the history has a president of the United States address the nation or the secretary, the press secretary address the United States without the presidential seal on the podium. These are little things, but I mean, how do you tell people you're under martial law? Ah, dictator. That's why this is why he can violate our rights in that sense of keeping us on lockdown because it's martial law. Good side is he can be president forever as long as it's martial law. I'm just saying that'll make heads explode. But on that note, I want to do some little catch 22. So 
The president of the United States responded so well that we only have in a nation of over 350 million people, 100 people dead, of which most of them, more than half of them, are from the same area. Could it be ground zero? I don't know. Could it be they're more vulnerable? I don't know. But regardless, even though he took incredible steps, set aside this stupid piece, oh, you're banning, you know, while we have jihadi incest Omar, who, by the way, just got married to an American citizen. Maybe she'll plead her case, not be kicked out now that she's a married to an American. I don't know. Uh, but they are advocating to pass the Ban Act, uh, which is to not allow people to be banned from coming to the United States. So you have to wonder, you know, what is really going on here? They're fighting to uh, let people in, but then they're not going to want to let people. Well, they can't, you know, because it's done. Closed borders. So you have to think to yourself, what is really going on? They've been attacking the president for not doing enough when he's done more than enough. More than you could imagine. Like he, <laughs> he shut down everything. And we've got Space Force in full effect. How Space Force helping with the virus? Oh, just watch. Um, so we've got them and he's protecting us. He's not, the social distancing is to keep us safe. How do I know? Because you hear things like this on CNN and you're like, did I just step into the twilight zone? Take a listen to where this conversation started after the press conference. I hear what Sanjay is saying about uh, Tony Fauci giving, you know, a little bit more wiggle room than, than others. But if you look at the big picture, this was remarkable from the president of the United States. This is a non... Okay, guys, this is Dana Bash, chief political correspondent for CNN, saying this is remarkable of the president. She's praising President Trump. Hold on. Partisan. This is um, an important thing to note. Uh, and to applaud from an American standpoint, from, an, from a human standpoint. He is um, being the kind of leader that people need, at least in tone, today and yesterday. Right. In tone, that people need and want and yearn for in times of crisis and uncertainty. Wait a minute. So he's the kind of leader that people need and want and yearn in times of crisis and uncertainty. Hold on. Did CNN just say that? We also had Joe Schmo, you know, Mika, you know, that are together but not together, you know, and Lori Klesudis. I mean, whatever happened to her, she just died. Right, Joe? Uh, they're all praising the president. And now you have celebrities praising the president. Then he's doing an awesome job. And you have to think, if they're cheering him on, why are they cheering him on? You know? They wanted us to go to nuclear war, encouraging Kim Jong-un to push the button where it would make us explode and die, right? But now they're cheering the president on. They were hoping that the markets tank so people are broke and, you know, cry and jump out windows. But now they're cheering him on. Think, think. He was trying to make peace with the Taliban and tried to make peace by which way? By helping the Taliban establish themselves as a political party so we could get out of Afghanistan. They attacked him for that. And now they're cheering him on. They attacked him for everything, but now they're cheering him on. So you have to think, <laughs> they're cheering him on because they can't fix this. See, they thought that if Kim Jong-un came to that point and we'd explode, they have their little bunkers. They can't fix this. They thought that if, you know, things went pear-shaped with the Taliban, that they could fix it. 
but they can't fix this. So you have to wonder with all this, you know, oh, I'm having nightmares. You know, Chrissy Teigen, she's constantly having nightmares, can't sleep. And then she starts ranting tweets like, oh, Melania Trump and her stupid face and her stupid be best. You know, you see it. They're playing out evil, evil. Um, They're just out there promoting just really evil stuff. This hate, you know, hate, complete hate. And so this is where we're at. We have all of these celebrities, CNN, all of them suddenly praising Trump, the same people that we're hoping that we're hoping that we go to nuclear war with North Korea, that we're hoping that everybody dies, that we're hoping that our economy tanks. And now suddenly, now suddenly when the president closes the border and says no in and out and everybody go home and I'm going to send you checks. You don't worry your little pretty head about food and water. I'll take care of you. Did you file a tax return? You'll get that super quick. Do you have to pay taxes? Don't worry about it for at least three months. Do you need to pay rent and whatever and you pay it to the government like Section 8 stuff? Don't worry about it. You're good at least till April 30th. All of this is happening and you have to wonder if they wanted us to die, explode, you know, go extinct and the president to fail. Suddenly, why has it changed? Why have, you know, the mainstream media and celebrities changed? Why the change of heart where they're just like, we love this president. He's the leader that we need. What changed? Oh, maybe it's out of necessity because maybe there is more to this than we know in regards to how it interacts. I mean, here we have Justin Trudeau, whose wife had coronavirus, um, saying that, He's closing the borders and that they agree to it. I want you guys to take a listen to this news report. The White House. So, Kristen, just moments ago, the president announcing plans to shut down uh, the border with Canada. We are expected, we should tell our viewers, we are expecting to hear from the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, uh, in a little bit, probably within this hour. We'll certainly bring that to you live when that happens. But what have you learned, uh, Kristen, about the, uh, the reasoning behind this? What exactly does it entail? Well, we also want to point out we're going to hear from President Trump as well a little bit later on today, potentially at that 1130 task force briefing, Eamon. Here is the quote by President Trump. We will be, by mutual consent, temporarily closing our northern border with Canada to non-essential traffic. Trade will not be affected. Details to follow. That is part of the key section there, Eamon, that trade will not be impacted because, of course, that is something that could rattle the markets and rattle the business world even even more. We know that the administration is poised to likely shut down parts of the southern border as well to really try to stop uh, the amount and limit the amount of people who may be coming into the country who are impacted and affected by the coronavirus. Now, other actions that the administration is looking at, as Leanne just mapped out, they are pushing for this robust stimulus package. They're also trying to get more supplies and more equipment to hospitals all across the country. The president saying that he He's deploying the Army Corps of Engineers to set up these sort of makeshift 
units outside of hospitals to help with the flow of traffic. So far, though, no indication that they've gotten the official word to begin doing that. So that will be a key focus today as well. How quickly is that going to take place? We know that in addition to that stimulus package, uh, the administration looking at helping folks with mortgage and other types of financial issues that they might be having. Now, one thing that we have noted, there's really been a range of different responses from state to state. You have New York talking about a potential shelter in place, but you have places like Florida where people are packed on the beach. I asked Mark Short about that earlier today. Take a listen to what he had to say. In places perhaps that are more authoritarian, there's going to be stronger guidelines in a free society. I think. Okay, where is time going? I'll see you guys after the short break because the top of the hour came. So that was weird. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sesso. Sesso. Oh, I can't even speak today. Um, like I said, I was doing a bootleg version kind of of streaming it because I've been asked, hey, why don't you stream on YouTube your show or whatever? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't have the equipment, but I thought I'd bootleg one today only because it's so serious and we should have a little bit of fun with it. So I thought I'd open up the second hour with the song that I heard. And for those of you on Facebook, I'll probably just show it to you while it's playing um, and you can hear it on the radio. I actually have it. I'll, I'll share it on the Tory Says page, but it's called the Kung Flu song. Um, it's freaking hilarious. It's a lot of people with Lysol and we need to listen to this. Hold on. Let me let me start it over. Hold on. Hold on. This is so bootleg. Listen to this. All right, that's enough. I've I've listened to this and I was like, actually, I would pay for that song because it was so hilarious. Um, and it was really funny the way they were dancing around and spraying Lysol because we need a little bit of humor in all this, you know, you know, dark uh, feel of uncertainty. People are uncertain of what's going on. You know, we have hashtags going around China lied about the deaths. And then, you know, obviously you have. Twitter at it again, you know, <laughs> Trump lied about the deaths and it's like, okay, trust me, if there were more deaths in the United States of America, you wouldn't wait for Trump to tell you CNN would be blasting that and it would be wall to wall coverage. But right now, what people need to understand is fear is what is getting the best of you more than anything. And we do have an infodemic. And how do you parse out what's real news and fake news? Because obviously, Facebook is just banning anything coronavirus. So, you know, either you call it the Kung Flu, you know, which I told you they were going to call racist. But it's like, oh, it's the Chinese flu. And this is a bad problem. The Chinese virus. I mean, again, guys, did we see the Egyptians? 
Americans throw their hands up in uproar when we call it the West Nile virus? No. So then why do we see people getting their panties in a twist when we call it the China flu when it originated from there? Think about it. Double standard much? Oh, it's all racist. It was okay when they called it the Wuhan virus, you know, when CNN and NBC and all the talking heads, you know, that, oh, trust me, I'm real news. We're like, you know, we don't tell you things that we're not supposed to, but we all sound the same for some reason. Uh, so that means it's true, not that we all get marching orders from the same place, right? So China flu, Kung flu, whatever you want to call it. It's happening. But in the meantime, a lot of other things are happening, like issues that we're having with Iraq and Iran, earthquakes in Salt Lake City, Utah, that just happened to have one of the largest bunkers or underground, what is it called? Office space for the United Nations. Take a listen to this report about this breaking alert of how there's uh, earthquakes in Salt Lake City. Our viewers in Utah waking up to an earthquake. It just hit. Short time ago, 5.7 earthquake survey reporting a magnitude 5.7 tremor in the Salt Lake City area. Now, Utah Emergency Management is tweeting out there are no reports of major shaking. We will bring you updates as we get them. That just came in. So wait a minute. The GSG says that um, it's a 5.7 magnitude quake, but then people locally are saying not much shaking going on. And his face says it all. He's like this. Pursed lips and like, yep, that's what they said. No major shaking with a five point. Let me tell you something, right? How many of you have been in an earthquake? I've been in an earthquake where it was like a little over five and I was in a very compromising position. And I'm going to tell you what that shook. So when you have a 5.7 magnitude quake that had dead people, right, uh, in Turkey, just, what? no, it was a 4.8, wasn't it? Where, you know, houses collapsed and all these people died. But now they're telling you in Sully, oh, we didn't feel a lot of shaking with a 5.7. Are you kidding? So that means maybe those deep underground bunkers, like Mike Taylor says, or no, wait, they're not called bunkers. They're called offices um really so far deep down so hmm makes you wonder what we're clearing out kind of like how fires were coming out of uh you know the sewage system in california all of a sudden right all this stuff is happening but no don't look all these roundups of ms-13 and these cartels Oh, no, don't look. I mean, when are we getting the Sinaloa cartel in the Midwest, guys? Ohio, Minnesota, right? South Dakota, North Dakota, plagued. When are we going to get rid of them? The El Salvadorians, when are we going to get In all due time. In the meantime, the right people will die from coronavirus. Oh, Tori, that's so rude. Well, you know, if, if, and that's a hypothetical, right? If I wanted to, I can make a virus, right? That's a bioweapon. We do that all the time. And say this is coronavirus and this red top represents that specific genetic thing that I want. And I'm saying this red top to my radio listeners. So for all of you that are listening, imagine I'm holding a chapstick has a red top. So that red top will only be attracted to people that have the genetic, uh, you know, interface that I can. Okay, let's say I want to get rid of everybody with Down syndrome. This will take out only people with Down syndrome. 
Okay. And if you who doesn't have Down syndrome gets this virus, you'll have some mild reaction to it or no reaction to it, but that's it. And that'll only be because if you have some genetic deformity where you have triple X in some low percentage or it, you know, was hereditary or something that was similar or the fact that the virus just got confused and sat on it, sat on the cell when, you know, and it started doing something and then didn't do something because there was no efficacy. This is totally lame and this isn't how it works. I'm trying to make it understandable. So I want you guys to think of um, what if we wanted to target certain adrenergic receptors? And I've talked about that before. And one adrenergic receptor, adrenergic receptors are the ones that, you know, are the ones where adrenaline binds, right, in our body. So we could go fight or flight. That's something that you release when you're crazy um, scared, right? Kind of like what the media is doing. Oh my gosh, you're totally going to die. You know, social distancing, you know, elbow, hello, right? Do that, wash your hands, and you'll be fine. But uh, they're telling you you're going to die because they need you to be scared. They need you to tell you how many people test positive. And, you know, I've been around so many people. I could have gotten the COVID-19. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that Scott Adams had the coronavirus in December when he was deadly sick. He was, like, sick for, like, three weeks, you guys, with some cold slash flu. He didn't know. It was respiratory. He kept coughing, fevers, and whatever. And it went away. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he had. And it just passed through. And it could have been at a time of stress because I know as my friend at that time, he was, you know, in, you know, taking in my stress too. And that does, you know, cause us stress. Our friend's stress gives us stress. I mean, you know, quantum entanglement, uh, that's another story. But what we need to um, understand is if we had... A vaccine. Oh, vaccine. Shoot. Going ahead of myself. A virus that targets adrenergic receptors that are, you know, a certain version of epinephrine, right? Um, Let's say like adrenochrome. Totally looks the same. Just needs to be in a different base, which is oxygen. Did you know, here's a fun fact, that if you have someone that is high on meth and... They're scared or running or fight and flight, you know, they're releasing that adrenaline. Um, They actually create a very potent bootleg adrenochrome. I would kind of explain all these, you know, meth parties with, you know, male hookers and, you know, them dying and stuff with blood and stuff all over the place. But, you know, like they said, and I'm going to say it again. Oh, we don't know if it was Andrew Gillum's drugs and dead hooker because it was on the floor and there were three people in the room. And Ed Buck just happened to be at all those things of the ones we know of that died, right? Because there were so many other young boys that died from meth overdoses. And if you saw the pictures of the meth addicts, yeah, they were like anorexic meth addicts, right? Where his leg was like my pinky. And, you know, I have a small pinky. So this is reality in a sense of trying to explain to you that if you wanted to take out some really, really bad people, you could definitely do it with coronavirus because it's easily designed. Man, you know, I really want to show you guys this guy's face and I'm going to try to move it and show it to you. Look. Did you see that face? Come on, you guys saw that face, right? That face 
tells you everything you know, need to know about the Utah earthquake. <laughs> Did you see that face? That face. That face where he's like, um, yeah, so. That tells you everything you need to know about that earthquake. And he couldn't even believe what he was saying. So I am going to go back to America, America's newsroom so you guys can listen to what else they are telling us. My biggest concern right now is bills and paying them. I rent, so that's a huge thing on my mind. I can pay it this week, this month, but next month is a huge question mark. Briefly, around the world, Italy continues to be hit hard. More than 2,500 deaths. People in place allowed to go out only for essentials. Iran, more than 1,000 new cases a day. Growing dissatisfaction with the government response there. And on a brighter note, China. Just 13 new cases reported on Wednesday. Most of those people returning to China. China having some success in slowing the spread of this virus. Sandra, back to you. Steve Harrigan at the CDC this morning. Steve, thank you. The White House looking at all options to help Americans sidelined by this virus, working with the Senate right now to pass legislation to boost the economy. These will be payments to small businesses. Uh, we've talked about loan guarantees so to critical industries such as airlines and hotels. And we've also talked about a stimulus package to the American worker. Uh, you can think of this as something like business interruption payments for the American workers. Jillian Turner is live at the White House. We're expecting another briefing from the President's Task Force, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning to you, Ed. So President Trump has really spent a lot of the past 24 hours here at the White House pushing all the levers he can over on Capitol Hill to get the Senate to pass the House's version of this stimulus package. They left last night, though, the Senate without a confirm, uh, without a concrete commitment to get this done today. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, though, telling Fox News he will get this done soon. I want to point out one major idea that gained a lot of traction, a lot more overnight over here at the White House, is putting cash directly into the hands of Americans. President Trump himself doubling down on this commitment on Twitter just a short while ago. He says, for the people that are now out of work because of the important and necessary containment policies, for instance, the shutting down of hotels, bars, restaurants, money will soon be coming to you. Now, here are the big ticket items. Take a look. As of this morning, $50 billion for the airlines, at least $250 billion in small business loans, and at least $250 billion in direct checks to the American people. Now, the final price tag on all this could top a trillion dollars. Trillion dollars. Do we have a trillion dollars? We're in debt with like, what, $22 trillion. Do we have a trillion dollars? I mean, let's count all these people that we find like pharmaceutical companies, healthcare companies, arrested people, confiscated property. You know, if you add it up, we got a couple trillion in our coffers. That's what I'm saying. Now this check directly to the people is a really good idea, but it's never happened before. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out and they want to get it done now rather than later. And that's important because uh, they want people to have money in their pocket because for some reason everybody believes, well, no, it's true. We all need money. And that really, really hurts to say it. I wish we could only have love and that we could rely on each other, but the world is actually not a very good place sometimes. So um, 
I want to go to our commander in chief because there's no presidential seal on his podium, right? Where he answers questions from the press today. I want you guys to hear the questions, the way they're asked and um, how he responds. Okay. So I'm going to try to get it to the right point. Here we go. Take a listen. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why comes from China. I and want to be accurate. Yeah, please, John. Please. You. Um, you I have a great, I have great love uh, for all of the people from our country. But uh, as you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe they stopped now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, it comes from China. John, please. Uh, two questions, if I could, Mr. President. First of all, in the Defense Procurement Act, you're invoking it today. Senator Schumer yes. said on the floor a short time ago that it urgently needs to be put into action to produce medical supplies, particularly ventilators. Yeah. Do you have some <clears throat> targets that you would like to see immediately spooled up under the We act? do have. We have tremendous numbers of ventilators, but there's never been an instance like this where no matter what you have, it's not enough. Uh, that would be the case. Uh, and uh, we will be uh, it's it's being signed it's essentially drawn and I'm going to sign it in just a little while uh, uh, w if we need to use it we'll be using it at full speed ahead I just wanted to say that yesterday during his update on the coronavirus, the physician lady that was blinking a lot behind him actually turned out to state that they had just received information from California and Washington where they had requested information in regards to the patients, like genetic profiles, underlying conditions. Did they need a respirator? Did they need a mechanical, you know, mechanical respirator, right? Um, so did they need to be ventilated themselves and intubated? Did they just need nebulizers? Uh, what kind of medication did you give them? Were they male, female? What were their demographics? They were asking for this information. Now you would ask yourself, why would it take so long for the um, Health and Human Services Division that's working on this to receive this information from the hospital when everything should be online? Well, here's the thing. They assumed that they would have direct access to HHS, direct access to the NIHS database, which they did not. In fact, we were even cyber hacked by someone or an attempt of a cyber hack or what they call a DDoS attack because we really don't know because there are so many different reports again infodemic but what we do know is someone tried to peek into what we know about coronavirus and we have been asking the hospitals to produce it and they have done so so this question was kind of weird because we only have a hundred people that are sick and um, actually sick from well died from the coronavirus and they're asking about ventilators now again President Trump does the whole smirk thing you know because they're talking about setting up tents and masks and it's like, yeah, I'm not seeing that. And I'm totally not seeing it. But they want to know about orders. So listen to the way they're asking questions. He says you, it's urgently needed to be used. Do you have some targets? Well, we're going to know whether or not urgent, but we will. Uh, yeah, we do have targets. We have targets for certain pieces of equipment. We have targets for masks. You know, the masks, the numbers of masks are incredible. We've ordered millions of them. 
but we need millions more. This a thing like this has never been requested, and it's never we've never had even think in terms of these numbers. But we need millions of masks, and all of that will be ordered. We need respirators. We need uh, ventilators is a big thing because it's a complex piece of equipment. So we have a lot of ventilators, but we're going to be ordering more. And second question, what, what size will the checks be that will be sent out to America? Uh, to be determined. We're working with the uh, Senate right now. We're working with everybody on Capitol Hill. There's been tremendous. Uh, there really has been. I mean, with, with some exceptions, obviously, because it's always the way it is. But there has been uh, they've been getting along very well, Republicans and Democrats. It's a nice thing, very bipartisan Would you so like far. To see them more than a thousand dollars. Well, we're going to see. I, I don't want to get into that right now, John. We we are looking at different numbers. Uh, we're looking at timing that would be different, splitting the time, splitting the payments. We're looking at a lot of different things. Hasn't been determined yet, but it will shortly be determined. And people want to go big, as opposed. Everybody seems to want to go big. And uh, they want to get to the recovery. The big day is uh, the big thing we can do is get rid of this uh, horrible, uh, I call it the unseen, uh, the unseen enemy. You call it, you, there's a thousand different terms for it, but whatever, it snuck up on us. And it's, uh, it did 128 countries. I think it's in uh, something like that, very close to that. Think of that. So it spreads violently. It's a very contagious. Uh, very, very contagious do you, virus. Do you consider America to be on a wartime footing in terms of fighting this virus? I do. I actually do. I'm looking at it that way because, you know, if, uh, if it got out of control, the big thing we did was a very early uh, stoppage of people coming in who could be very, very heavily infected. Uh, that, was a, that was a very good move. And it was very early, very, very early when most people, including a lot of professionals, they didn't want us to do it. Uh, that really saved a lot of lives. And yeah, I look at it, I, I view it as a, uh, in a sense, a wartime president. I mean, that's what we're fighting. I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a very tough situation. You're, you have to do things. You have to, you have to close parts of an economy that six weeks ago were, were the best they've ever been. We had the best economy we've ever had. And then one day you have to close it down in order to defeat this enemy. And, uh, but we're doing it, and we're doing it well. And I'll I tell you, the American I just wanted to point out that the president confirmed that we're at a wartime. We're at war with an unseen enemy. Again, confirming the fact that the presidential seal is missing. Now, I just want you guys to know, recapping what the president has said, that people with underlying conditions like me, who I do have one, and the elderly are more susceptible to this virus because you can't fight it off. Like if I was to get a pneumonia, I'm just saying just a regular pneumonia, it could probably take me out because I'm immunocompromised. I'm not, you know, as fit as I should be uh, because of, you know, my health issue. So this is the same thing with the elderly, uh, you know, and, and it's widely known that if you're over 65, you slip, you break your hip, you're, you might die when you go to the hospital because you usually contract like a hospital pneumonia and then, you know, you're susceptible and blah, 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 and you're not responsive to antibiotics and then you just die. So it is very dangerous considering even if it's highly specific, I just want to tell you that because I kind of touched upon it and I want to make it clear. Let's pretend that hypothetically speaking, that it was targeting persons that use adrenochrome. Adrenochrome is very similar in a molecular structure with just missing. It's not a pentene. Um, you know, it's got a free methyl group that when um, oxidized actually forms into pentene and it's ox. Um, 
its axle is actually the the way the molecule is bent is kind of like twist um and adrenochrome is not twist it's like more structured it's got uh aromatic and a pentene on it so it's a little bit more stable um when it's oxidized and um epinephrine is not stable this is why when you drop an oxygen in it well it's stable but not very stable because when the oxygen um you know comes into the area of this compound it totally changes shape so what i'm trying to say is is since they're so similar you know lots of you that may not have adrenochrome receptors may get sick only because it'll bind to other adrenergic receptors that are for epinephrine or whatever i'm just saying if that was the case i'm not saying it is okay it's totally hypothetical and you would actually get a little bit sick, but the efficacy wouldn't be there because it wouldn't bind fast enough. So like as it would release viruses to go, you know, only one out of the hundred it released would do something. And then at some point they just die out, right? That's how viruses are when you get over them. So I just wanted to make that clear. And the reason that older people and people that are immunocompromised um, can't fight it off is even if it's like a weakened bootleg virus that's going in there that wasn't targeted for you, you're immunocompromised, you will succumb to it, you know, because you can't defend yourself even through a bootleg one. So I just wanted to make that clear as to why they're so, uh, you know, pushing that elderly and people that are sick to stay out. Now, I haven't been really following the rules, but, you know, I've only been around friends. So, um, actually a studio. So that's it. And maybe a gas station. To get some gas. So other than that, I did go into brick and mortar work and um, a lot of people were gone. Uh, but, you know, we usually don't sit at a desk anyway. But anyway, the president is telling you that we're at war. You should take it as if we are at war. And you should understand that throughout this week, slowly, martial law has been implemented. At first, it was shutting down public venues. Then it was encouraging businesses to stop, you know, um, forcing employees to go into work. Then it started to cut down the hours. Then you had the curfew. Then it's like, oh, we closed the borders with Europe except the UK. But now we're incorporating the UK. Now we've got Canada. Mexico already said they want to close the border, which is great. Maybe they'll build that wall for us too. Um, so now we're all secluded and it's not just travel in, it's travel out. And trade with Canada is still happening, but it's not happening with Europe and definitely not happening with China. So is it happening with Mexico? I don't know. See, we just have to wait for the president to tell us what's up. And the media is not asking their, those questions. They're asking stupid questions like, do we have enough this? They just want to show that he's unprepared. And it's like, look, man, nobody wakes up one morning and says, let me buy, you know, uh, you know, what was it? How many did he buy? Was it 500? Hold on. Let's zip through these. We're zipping through these. So how many coffins mass grave coffins and single coffins did Barack Hussein Obama purchase? Was it like a half a billion, right? So how did he justify it just in case all these people die? So now they want to call him out for not having like, I don't know, millions of, you know, respirators, ventilators and masks uh, because, yeah, I should just have it just in case, you know, we get uh, attacked by 
biowarfare because everyone anticipates that, right? Because everyone says, yep, I see the worst in everybody and they will create a bioweapon. The only people that would create a bioweapon are the people that are losing control. They will do anything for control, even put themselves at risk. And you have to think that this is bigger than we know because if the media was really doing their job, they would ask, what else can we do to help uh, slow down this? Can we volunteer? What can we do? Instead, they're saying, are you prepared? Let me check. Oh, how much money are you giving us? What kind of questions are those? Like, where did these guys go to school? I mean, you want your media asking those questions. I mean, if I was there, I'd be like, all right, President Trump, can I ask you a question? Like, what else can we do aside from wash our hands, aside from social distancing? What else can we do to make ourselves better, you know? Can we, you know, find ways to, you know, do X, Y, Z, like, just like they suggested to make like senior hours for older people or sick people to go supermarket shopping without other people around, you know, these are things that you should be asking. How are we going to stimulate this? Are we moving this? What are you doing with the federal employees? You know, these are questions we want to know because that's the stuff we want to hear about, isn't it? We want to hear about how can we help because every single one of us are members of this community and this nation. And we don't care. We don't want to say, Oh, look, you're not prepared. It's like, dude, if he's not prepared and we fail, you die. So why don't you just get with the program and why don't we all just muster up this nice energy and look forward because you you guys succeeded in crashing the market and now it's out of control and y'all don't care and you're going to make this vaccine. Everyone's going to go get vaccinated and then we're going to have another wave of people dying everywhere. But I digress. So let's listen to the next wave of questions that they throw at the president now. American people have been incredible. For the most part, they've been really incredible. Yeah, please, Caitlin. For Secretary Wilkie sure. as well, but I'll start with you. You just said there are a tremendous number of ventilators that we have, but for weeks, hospitals have been warning about a critical shortage that they say we are not prepared for. So why did it take so long to invoke the defense production? Well, you know, hospitals are supposed to have ventilators, too. And when we have thousands of ventilators, it sounds like a lot. Uh, but this is a very unforeseen thing. Nobody ever thought of these numbers. Nobody ever saw numbers like this, uh, even with regard to testing. Normally, we wouldn't be doing testing, and they decided to do it. Uh, very, very hard to ramp up. Now we're getting highly sophisticated tests, and it's uh, going very well. But nobody's ever heard of testing in the kind of quantities that you're talking about. But we knew for but, weeks we needed more ventilators. So why did it take well, so long? Well, we knew. It depends. It, it depends on how it goes. Uh, worst case, absolutely. Uh, best case, not not at all. So we're going to have to see where it goes. But we are ordering uh, thousands and thousands of ventilators. And they're complex. You know, these are complex machines. And uh, But we're ordering them. Uh, does anybody have a mic? Maybe you do. How many do we have? Yeah, and we're ordering. Please. Number. Yeah, please. Do you, you know the number? Uh, we have a specific number of ventilators in the stockpile. It's in excess of... Uh, of 10,000, and you just heard the announcement from the Department of Defense. They'll be adding several more thousand to that. But the President, uh, even this morning and yesterday afternoon, speaking with the, the largest companies in the supply chain in this country, we're, we're hearing a tremendous spirit among industry leaders who are ready to step in and add to that volume. Um, the stockpiles don't count all of the ventilators that exist today in the marketplace and in healthcare facilities around the country. Uh, but the president's given us a, a directive to make sure that our stockpile, but just as importantly, working with industry leaders, uh, that we're securing 
uh, the increase in ventilators, the increase in masks. So basically, the media came at them saying again how they're not prepared and you don't have enough ventilators and I want to know how many numbers we have. Do you have masks and gloves? And why don't you have more than tens of thousands of ventilators on hand? You know, why don't you take note from Obama who bought all these coffins? Let's listen to the next question that's supposed to be all about unity, all about love and how we're all in this together. Instead, what they want to showcase is hate and trying to catch the president with this guard down when we have a nation with uh what is it like 20 times more than other nations in population and they have tons more dead and we don't and this is from you know a country that has the 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 city of new york which is considered the capital of the world which is highly congested right and they don't have the amount of deaths that other villages have villages so he has done an exceptional job. He has closed the borders. He's done everything he could because we're not supposed to know about it. Now, that chick, when she lined up to her question, she was like, well, we knew about this for weeks. Did you? You were busy with impeachment, chick. You were busy on impeach, 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 impeach. And you weren't even focusing on this. You were mentioning it. Because, guys, I could totally foresee that. I've seen that movie before where it would be, oh, let's see. Oh, look, President Trump impeached. Oh, look, Vice President Trump is now president. Oh, look, coronavirus. Oh, look, Vice President Prince is dead. Oh, look, Pelosi's president. Oh, look, let's make gulags. And we can. And it just so happens that only conservatives are going to get their version of coronavirus. And they're all going to be penned into like some gulag. And then they die. And then nobody can recognize. You know, no one's going to go and identify the body because you know coronavirus that was the plan that's how I changed my mind because they don't care these are people that were cheering on for nuclear war you guys they were begging for our economy to tank they were begging for this and now suddenly they're flipping well not the reporters in the white house who are still losers right but they were flipping now that we're seeing joe scarborough you know the guy where you know his assistant Lori clasudas died and nobody cares right she just died right mm-hmm. And she was having an affair with him, according, but you know, she just died anyway. And, you know, Yucky Mika and that dude, Matto and CNN, they all hate Trump. And now they're like, oh, my God, he's doing an exceptional job. And it's like, boy, you must be real scared because you're you were cheering on for nuclear war. And I don't know how a virus is worse than nuclear war. <laughs> like, weren't they like, oh, my God, he's going to make us go to war. Oh, my gosh. Push the button. Oh, my gosh. Someone take him out. Right. Didn't they all say that? Didn't they all say that? They wanted us to fail. They were never cheering on the president to succeed because they wanted all of all of us to fail. All of us. Every single one of us. But now suddenly he's a good president. Now suddenly he's doing more than what we could expect. You have to ask yourself why the change of narrative. Obviously in the press room where they're uh, <laughs> practicing social distancing. Um, they're asking the same stupid questions. Trying to get that gotcha moment so let's look at the next line of stupid questions that are coming here we go and we'll give it to you but we're ordering we're ordering a lot more yeah go ahead in the back yeah one second one second kate and we'll do it in a second you'll be able to two questions mr president thank you uh, yes. the first one on the canadian border what was the tipping point friday we uh, talked about it then monday you said no one we're not considering no i said not yet uh, I spoke with the Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, 
very uh, good relationship, obviously, between us and our two countries. And uh, no tipping point. It's just that we want to we want to isolate from the standpoint we don't want people coming into contact because that's the way we're going to win this war. That is so important. And we both thought it was time. Now, it's not affecting trade. It's non-essential. It's non-essential crossings. It won't affect trade at all. And uh, it was just something we thought would be good for both countries. Yes, please. Second question, second question Mr. President. How can you make sure that trade is not going to be a vector of the virus? How can you be sure that trade and everything that's being shipped from one side? Well, they're doing it in a very careful manner. You can uh, uh, only be uh, vigilant and very professional, but uh, we're not. It's not pertaining at this moment to trade between the two countries. Yeah. All right. So I was mouthing off, and I do that a lot. You guys, you don't watch it, right? Because it's the first time you're watching me. But I talk to the audio that I listen to. And it's like, first of all, dude, all this social, social, you know, distancing and stuff. What if we like all turned into zombies? <laughs> that would be crazy. But anyway, this Canadian reporter was asking him, you know, what was the tipping point of, you know, not, and it's basically, we don't want your Canadian cooties. Your wife has coronavirus. You can keep your version of coronavirus up there in Canada. And people from America won't be coming to Canada to give you an American version of coronavirus. So we're good. Now, then he followed up with a question, very good question, and I'm glad the president let him talk because the Canadian back in the corner, uh, you know, was not, you know, was one of those um, reporters that, you know, anyway, he's, he's, he's like that kid, you know, in high school that's like, he's, he's like in the middle of the road, like, he's not cool, he's not a nerd, he's just like, ugh, kind of annoying, that's the way that, that reporter looked, I'm so sorry, but that is the way he looked, but he had amazing question, he's like, why aren't you stopping trade, how do you know that the virus isn't coming in on trade, like with milk, like with food, right, like with, uh, you know, headphones, like with grain, right, all these things that were going back and forth on the border how do you know are we like you know putting them through contamination units are we spraying each and every train car that comes through or every truck these are good questions and he said not yet on trade just people here's the next crazy question please we are hearing that the trillion dollar economic stimulus package could look something like 50 billion for the airlines 150 billion dollars in loan guarantees for critical sectors of the economy a 250 billion dollar payment on april 6th directly to individuals, another $250 billion payment on May 18th, again, directly to individuals, and as well, $300 billion for small business loan guarantees. Is that, in the general sense, what you looking at? It could be, and we're also uh, playing with a lot of numbers, a lot of very big numbers, and a lot... Hold on a second. Okay, so if it was $250 million, everybody would get, you know, if it was only 250 million people they would only get $1. If it's $250 billion, they would just get $10, right? We're just going up, right? So you have to think that this money is going to less than 100 million people for sure, right? For sure, less than 100 million people um, are getting this money because $250 billion doesn't sound like a lot of money if they're doing it in installments. So if it would be 100 million people, you know, that would be a considerable amount of what $250. That's basically all you'd get. 
So think, I wonder how they're going to be putting this out there. Because this guy had like laid out, oh, April 6th, people are getting a check. Oh, you know, May 18th, they're getting another check. Wait a minute, why May 18th? So how long are they expecting this to go on? What is really going on? These are questions everybody has. I can only tell you that you and your families are safe. That I can tell you. And you can see that we have full control of the situation. All you have to do is Google Michelle Obama. And I want you to go there and you're going to see Michelle LaVon Robinson Obama. And it's like, wait a minute. Wasn't LaVon Robinson like that male best friend that Barack Hussein Obama had? And there's tons of pictures of. Do you know what I'm saying? And there was at a point that you would Google Democratic Party and it would show not a donkey, but a rat. Now you can search things like Seth Rich. If you put in things like Clinton body count, it actually comes up. So now you can search on Google. What does that tell you? Remember when I told you that Schmidt resigned from Google? That's a big deal. Then we had that 23andMe guy, you know, the, well, the lady, uh, res- not she resigned. Her husband did. He moved around. So ABC is now in control, is under control of another three-letter agency. Think, think. And now we have Google using artificial intelligence, having been employed to use artificial intelligence to collect data. That I don't like. See, what people don't seem to understand is that the information that it collects trains it to be smarter. And when it gets smarter, it could be, you know, an AI system that's unlike what you thought. It's not going to be a hard drive. It's not going to be a mounted of hard drives. It's going to be someone like you, where you're programmed. And could you imagine if someone can program your brain, like literally not put microchips, like biologically program you because that can actually happen. You think I'm kidding? We'll be here in five years. Well, I might not. Who knows? But you will. And you'll be like, hey, you know, once I heard Tori talk about it, how nanotech can actually rewrite your genetic code. I mean, we've been doing it for years through vaccinations. You think that we can't write, you know, information into your genetic code? I mean, people are now starting to understand that your memories are stored into DNA when that's something that... I actually wrote a paper on it for one of my classes. So... You know, and I was told, no, 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 we don't know. It's a mystery. It's probably stored in the brain. I'm like, oh my gosh, how dumb are people? But, you know, they tell us that we have a genome that's like this big and then the majority of it is junk DNA. And it's like, sure, because, you know, nature's all spoiling, you know, three quarters of your DNA because it's like junk. Because the one thing about nature is, is that it's thrifty and it works together. And it makes sure that things are parsimonious. They have to be simple and they have to work. That is how science works. That is how nature works. I mean, that is how anything godly created works. So just keep that in mind. So as more questions arise, you know, just think, we only listen to President Trump, right? A lot of very small numbers, frankly. We want to take care. We have to help everybody. It was nobody's fault. This happened. I mean, some people could say it was somebody's fault, actually. But uh, it was nobody's fault, and certainly none of these companies that all of a sudden had no passengers in planes and had no passengers on cruise ships and all of the things that have happened. Uh, But I will say that uh, they can't be blamed for this. And we want to keep those companies vibrant because there's going to be a comeback very, very quickly, as soon as this is solved, and it will be solved. We will win. 
uh, there will be a comeback, and it'll, it'll take place very quickly. There's give or take 330 million Americans or so. If you just do the math on that, that's about $750 a person, a family of four. That would be about $3,000 on average. Again, rough, rough math. Which is that where this is happening? Well, no, I don't want to say that because it's a moving. These are all all every number that you mentioned. Yes, we've talked about those numbers. We're also moving those numbers in both directions. So we'll let you know. It'll be it's it's moving along fast. Uh, again, there's a great uh, bipartisan effort going on that that I haven't really seen before to this extent. At yeah. the beginning of this, has the FDA approved that test? Is no, they're looking at it. They're look, it's down the line, and they're looking at it very seriously. And I think it would be a great thing because the others, uh, to use a nice word, it's very inconvenient. And it's very tough. For you, sir. Um, you tweeted this morning about your approval rating amongst Republicans. You have said that you give yourself a 10 in terms of handling this crisis. How do you reassure Americans at home who don't trust you to handle a crisis of this magnitude? Well, I think we're doing a really good job. Uh, we started off with a uh, termination of the border, the people coming in from China, where this all started. That meant I took it very seriously. And when I use the word calm, calm doesn't mean that I'm not taking it seriously. Calm means, and we should be calm. We should be extremely calm. But, uh, yeah, 95 percent within the Republican Party and over 50 percent. And I also have uh, we have very great approval numbers. I mean, people like the job that we're doing. And when you compare this to uh, other epidemics, or if you want to use a different term, you can. But within this country, and you look at what's happened over the years, uh, this is being handled very, very professionally. We have the greatest professionals in the world. We're doing a good job. Nobody's ever been swamped like this. And no nothing's been so contagious. The level of contagion has been uh, incredible, actually. Nobody's seen anything quite like this. Yeah, Peter, go ahead. Guys, did you hear that? Okay, so I was screaming. <laughs> the screen, like, Jesus, again. Here they are, like, oh, you said that you're approved. Let me tell you guys. Let's be honest. Let's be dead honest right now. This is a guy that I would, on, without a shadow, no doubt whatsoever in my mind, totally follow into war. Because... He has cojones. He stands tall. And he says what he means. If this was Obama, we'd have the same thing with H1N1, where, or like Joe Biden likes to say, N1H1, or that thing in Africa and all those things, right? Would literally, literally, you know, we'd be dead. They would not close the borders, right? These are people that would bow down to other leaders, right? These are people literally that would have, you know, if Hillary Clinton was president, we'd be dead like in a heartbeat, okay? Let's be honest, okay? We would have been dead so fast. It's like it would have been whiplash. So we would have died from the whiplash of the virus rather than the virus. So here, this little dude is coming into the White House without the presidential seal, which which means we are under times of war and this is the commander in chief of the military speaking telling him oh, you say you have an approval well let me tell you do you think joe biden would do a better job guys this guy can't even stand and speak for more than seven minutes without forgetting his name are we kidding is this for real is this where they want to take i'm just shocked let's listen to the next question because this tells you where it's going the president is the only person you need to you don't even need to listen to me just listen to him 
Not even the CDC, him. Not even the doctors, him. Not even Pence, him. If he panics, then we're done, okay? If he panics. But one thing's for sure, your families and you are 100% safe because the people that are the good people have control of everything. And you can check it on Google. I mean, I don't use Google, but I checked it anyway. So that is, you know, how it is. Now, let's listen to the next question. Now, no getting upset like I do. And those of you that are watching me on uh, this bootleg Facebook live thing probably hear me. And I do this all the time. You see this microphone for those that are watching? It's torn up because I like pick at it and scratch it. And you guys heard it on the radio uh, because I get upset when I watch this stuff. Because sometimes I don't even watch it beforehand. I just line it up and like to watch it and listen to it with my audience. So that way, uh, there is a natural analysis of it rather than, you know, all these notes and stuff. I literally freestyle. Here we go. If I can ask you about the test, sir, for a second. Yes. If federal officials have shipped millions of tests, as you and your colleagues have said, why, as the federal government says, have only 59,000 uh, 59, tests been processed to this point, we just heard from the Atlanta Public Health Director saying that they have fewer than 50 test kits for more than 900,000 citizens. Yeah, Where are well, the tests? I'll, I'll let Mike uh, answer that. So that's a very critical question, and thank you for asking it. So the test kits that we put out last week through the approval, the rapid movement um, of that meeting that President Trump called less than two weeks ago, that has resulted in bringing our private sector to the table because the tests in the platform that was out there could only run between four and 12 tests per platform per day. We've now moved into platforms that can run basically tens of thousands of tests per day. So yeah, the reason I'm... Time to explain the science stuff because I did this stuff. So here is where the platforms come in. So they're telling you, uh, nobody cares if we have test kits. Like I can have 50 of them like right here. 50 of them, right? 50, like right here. But if I don't have the machine that can run it and pull it and show the antibodies, show its existence, parse out the DNA, PCR it, do all the fancy bells and whistles that I need. It's not like you're getting a machine like Helios down from TGen in Arizona and you're running just one code of gene, right? You need to analyze this thing and parse it to see which version it is. And obviously there's not just like, oh, look, it turned pink. You're positive. Come on. Let's be realistic. I'm just saying. Um, so I know that it has to do with people that have diabetes. I know that. Um, and cancer. Uh, people that have cancer and diabetes. So that's, um, you know, uh, included. So when she says that it doesn't matter if we have, like that idiot's like, oh, they have 50 test kits, but they have 900,000 residents. So nobody cares because they can only test 12 at a time and it takes like three days to get the result anyway. So that's the way it is. There are, and yeah, I don't see how corporations or businesses, yeah, they will sustain this calamity. We have money. So Robert, we have money and the president is going to try to stimulate the economy with that. And the more um, we let this play out the way it has to, the easier it's going to be. I mean, think of it as a forced vacation and we're all eating ramen. I mean, ramen, like you could get a box for like $2, you know, 
Obviously, I went to go find ramen and I couldn't. And I shouldn't be eating ramen being sick, but I, but those that are healthy uh, should. But um, that is where, you know, we need to focus. Take Take a few steps back. Think of it as a forced vacation. The economy will fix itself. We are one of the greatest nations. And the fact that we close our borders, the fact that we're not doing outside trade means that we will have internal trade. Because even if we come to the point where we're like, all right, no more social distancing, let's get back to work, we can't import from China or Europe because they're not where we are. So in the end, we're going to have you know, endo- endogenic, right? It were, it's internally grown business. So we're going to start seeing t-shirts being produced here. You know, for those that have small businesses like cafes or whatever, you're going to see chickens, chicken eggs coming only from here. So everything is going to be totally fine. And this is going to boost our economy. Think of it as uh, uh, Hitler did that. Oh my gosh. Did I just say that? Like, don't take it to the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm comparing him. But actually, before Hitler became the Hitler, we all know, he had the idea of not trading with any of the other countries so he can build up his Germany, right? And that's what he did. And then he went loopy with the whole heroin thing. And then he was like, oh, let's kill all the Jews too. So those movies that are telling you, oh, he was like advocating, let's kill the Jews. No, he was advocating, uh, you know, we need capitalism and these people want socialism and they want us to all be together. I kid you not. And then he flipped into this fascism thing where he's like, yeah, we'll just take over the world and kill all the Jews. That's basically what happened. Uh, you know, history is not what they tell you, but And you could take that with a grain of salt, too, because I kind of just summarized it. But I want you to know that the growth that we're going to have as a nation in the next coming months is going to be incredible. This is just going to be a little bit bumpy. It is March. But remember, May is only a little bit away. And I told you this is going to hit SCOTUSgate. And it started right before my birthday. It's still SCOTUSgate unfolding. And you say SCOTUSgate and viruses? Watch. That's all I have grateful to say. for your question because it allows me to point out that, of course, then there was backlog. There were individuals who had been tested, who hadn't had their specimen run because of the slow throughput. It's now in a high-speed platform. So we will see the number of people diagnosed dramatically increase over the next four to five days. I know some of you will use that to raise an alarm that we are worse than Italy because of our slope of our curve. To every American out there, it will be five to six days worth of tests being run in 24 to 48 hours. Did you hear that, guys? So when we see that we have all these COVID-19 patients, right? Oh my gosh, look at all the people that tested positive, right? It's not because they're going to die and it's not because it just so rapidly exploded. It's because we finally got some testing done. Right? So, like she said, it's five or six days of testing done within 24 to 48 hours. Okay. So let's be straight. And they have a lot of specimens of people that they haven't even tested yet. So everything, just like Mike Taylor said on Facebook, is going to be fine. You know, it's going to be fine. And people aren't getting money, but they're going to get money. And people aren't doing a lot of things. Your business right now, if you're a small business owner, you got a rest you got things rotting in your fridge and you're pissed but you know you also have insurance and this is an act of god and i'm pretty sure that's included but these are things that we have to look at from another perspective you know one thing i like about the greek culture that 
uh, you know, I've, you know, I was born into was the fact that when they don't have two pennies to rub together, that is when they're on the beach having their cigarette and coffee and saying, it's all going to be fine. And they'll go dancing. So take a little bit of the Greeks. This is why they, they live so long. Just relax. Take it one step at a time. If you're forced to stay home, enjoy the time home. Enjoy it because you might not be able to get another forced vacation like that. Oh, staycation like that again. And hang out with your family. You know, watch, binge watch stuff on Netflix. Darn, I guarantee you those subscriptions are going up. Get on Amazon Prime. You know, watch a movie. Go get Redbox. You can actually stream them too. You don't have to go and get them. And, you know, start cooking. You know, do some stuff that you never had time to do. Maybe organize your closet. You know, I'm giving that advice because I need to take it. You know, things like that. So on that note, I want to wish you guys a wonderful evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State. And I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Yeah. <laughs>